The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level plain with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out of him from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. May be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. in today's lesson that we just read that I kind of want to make sure we understand. The first one is blessing. Does anyone know what a blessing is? What it means to bless someone? Yeah, so in baptism we see blessing, right? Okay, what else? It's kind of like a praise. Kind of like a praise. Yeah. So we think it's something good, right? Yes. What else? Any other ideas on what a blessing is? When you say bless you. Bless you. <laughs> eh, kinda, yeah. It's, it's the good. It's goodness given to people. So if Jesus is saying bless, that means goodness for these people. That could be good things, good objects that we can hold. That could be good actions, good things that we do. That could be good goodwill, things that we want for these people. But it's goodness for these people. Now, there's people that Jesus says specific blessings for today. I want you to repeat after me, okay? Okay. Blessing for the poor. 
Blessing for the hungry. Blessing for the sad. Blessing for the hated. So, for these people, you don't. You can stop repeating. But for these people, the poor, the hungry, the sad, and the hated, God wants to give good blessings to. Okay, good things to. And that makes sense. They need something, right? We need help when we're in those times, don't we? So that makes sense. There's also a second word, and that's woe. W-O-E. Does anybody know what woe means? Yes. It's like in a Christmas carol. Woe is me, which means like they're, they, um, they regret what they did. Yeah, it's a certain amount of regret or feeling sorry. What else is woe? It's kind of a tough one. Um, yeah. Whoa. Well, it could be a surprise. <laughs> W-H-O-A. This is, this is more that regret. This is more kind of a little bit, the next few moments won't be your happiest. Kind of a, the next few moments are going to be scary to you a little bit. Now, there's, there's specific people that Jesus says woe to in this text as well. Now, can you repeat after me? Woe to the rich. Woe to the full. Woe to the laughing. Woe to the well-liked. That's interesting, isn't it? Jesus is saying that these people have a little bit of a reason to be scared. Now, in both groups, they seem to be kind of on either end of something, right? There's blessings for the poor, but there's woe for the rich. There's blessings for the hungry, but there's woe for the full. There's blessings for the mourning, the sad, but there's woe for the laughing. There's blessings for the hated, but there's woe for the well-liked. Why is that? What's Jesus saying? Yeah. Like, the people who have good things in life will automatically, like, have bad moments. And then the people with more bad moments will have good moments in life. Is it just because they're happy? No, it's because they're, because they, because they're like, um, maybe they just laughed at someone who who was poor. Mmm. I think we're on to something. I think these two groups have something to do with each other. And we'll see this the more that Jesus teaches. But it's not that it's bad to be rich, and it's not that it's bad to be full, and it's not that it's bad to be laughing, but it's bad to be rich when others are poor. It's bad to be full when others are hungry. It's bad to be laughing when others are mourning. It's bad to be well-liked for the wrong reasons. Jesus thinks these two groups should be with one another. 
Jesus thinks these two groups are for the good of one another. Now that's kind of tough, isn't it? But there's something good here. Jesus is here for both groups. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to leave the people who are rich or the people who are full or the people who are laughing behind. Jesus says, whoa, kind of like a watch out. And Jesus says, blessing for the ones who are in need. This is good for us too. Because sometime you will be the one who needs something. Sometime you'll be the one who is hurt or is wanting or is lonely or is sad. There's blessing for you then. Sometime you'll be the one that has something. Something good to share. And Jesus is asking, Jesus is telling you to share these things. All of this is for our good. For the good of you and for the good of all. Now this is tough, but does that make sense? All right. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, you care about all of us. You care about the ones in need and the ones who have plenty. We ask that no matter where we find ourselves, we would do what you would have us do, what you want us to do in all cases. That we would bless the ones in need, that we would say, whoa, to the ones who have too much. And that at the end of the day, you would love us all, bringing us all to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. And we have a snack so that you will not be hungry. In the name of Jesus, amen. This one is tough, isn't it? This text is just a little bit tough, or just a lot of bit tough. I think there's a couple things that help, though. They don't solve a lot of the issues here, but they help. And it's the setting that Jesus is in, and it's the people that Jesus is talking to. Let's start with the setting. Okay? Jesus has just called the 12 disciples. Just now kind of named them by name. Just now began to point them out. And this is the first thing Jesus does upon identifying these 12. And so this is, this is the beginning. And so Jesus doesn't go to a separate place like Jesus has been going to all this time. Jesus doesn't go up a mountain. Jesus doesn't go into a boat. Jesus doesn't separate Jesus' self from the rest of the people. Jesus goes to a level place, a large level place. 
Now, I don't know what that looks like today. It could be a wide open parking lot. It could be a big football field or baseball field or something like that. It could be a gymnasium, but it's a wide level place. No one's higher, no one's lower. And with his disciples, he comes and there's people from all over the region coming. I mean, this is a bigger circle than if people were just coming from Chambersburg and Hanover and Frederick and Westminster and Harrisburg and all the surrounding places. I mean, this is a really wide circle. If you look on the ancient Israel maps, Tyre and Sidon, all the way at the top of the map, all the way in the north. Jerusalem, all the way in the bottom of the map. It's the whole map is coming to see Jesus. And they're coming with need. They're coming to be healed of unclean spirits, is what the text calls them. They're coming to be healed physically. They're coming with hunger. They're coming with desire. They're coming with fear. They're coming with terror. And they're all coming to Jesus. And so imagine Jesus in the middle of the level place and everyone's coming towards him. And there's a couple reasons for that, right? When you want something, you try to get the person's attention. Have you ever took care of a bunch of kids all the same time or had a classroom of kids all at the same time and inevitably there's that moment where they're all yelling your name at the same time? Yeah. Now it could be just your kids or it could be all the kids in the school or anything else. But when they're all shouting your name at the same time, it's that. That's what they're doing to Jesus. That's how they're approaching Jesus. They're surrounding him and they're pushing in on him. And they're doing it for that reason, to get Jesus' attention. But they're also seeing something happen, aren't they? When they touch Jesus, power comes from him and begins to heal them, begins to do good things for them. Now, originally, and for a long time, I thought this was a little superhero-y of Jesus, right? This, this seems kind of something you'd read in a comic book. But over time, I've kind of started hearing it a little bit different where this is something that Jesus can't help but do. This is simply the innermost core, the essence of Jesus. To be for the ones who are in need. To heal the sick. To give clean spirit to the unclean spirit. To, to help the ones who need help. I knew a guy in, our former in my former congregation who whistled every single time he was in the building. You didn't have to see him. If he was in the building, you heard whistling. If he was outside the building, you didn't hear whistling. That's how you knew. It's kind of the same thing. This is the whistling man for Jesus. Jesus cannot help but do this. And this is the scene where Jesus begins saying these things. It's not a separate scholastic endeavor with Jesus giving a lecture for all the people paying attention. This is all the people pressing in on Jesus and the disciples in their very first outing with Jesus seeing these people press in on him and with 
power coming from him and with people being healed, Jesus looks up as this is taking place, makes eye contact with his disciples, and then says, blessed are the poor. And power comes out. Blessed are the hungry. And power comes out. Blessed blessed are those who mourn and weep. And power comes out. Blessed are the ones who are hated. And power comes out. Jesus is announcing what this power is about. Jesus is announcing what it is that he cannot help but do. Jesus is announcing the center and the fullness of the good gifts of God for the people of God. This is what they're about. The poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the hated. And if the text stopped right there, It'd be a warm, fuzzy feeling, and we all go home. But it doesn't. And so we can't. Jesus, in this same moment, with these same people, says, Woe to the rich, and woe to the full, and woe to the laughing. And woe to the well-liked and well-spoken of. And this scares me to no end. Because I confess to you, my brothers and sisters, that I am more rich than I am poor. And I am more full than I am hungry. And I am more laughing than I am mournful. And I am spoken well of more than I'm hated. And maybe you're there too. What's more is I don't like the company I'm keeping in the Gospel of Luke. There's one other place that Jesus uses woe in the Gospel of Luke. Do you know where it is? Jesus, sitting at the first and last supper with his disciples, breaks bread and says, the one who will betray me is with me, and woe to the one who betrays the Son of Man. That's the company we're keeping. The rich, the full, the laughing, the well-liked, they're Judas. They're betraying the one who has come. They're nailing him. They're just simply, in a transactional way, accepting the gold, accepting the things, accepting the stuff in lieu of the life and spirit of Jesus. And it scares me. That's the setting. But there's good news here. And it's the people.
Jesus just gathered his disciples. And if you look at his disciples, they're not in the blessed column. His disciples, some of them, many of them, were rich. The disciples he gathered, many of them, most of them, were full. The disciples he gathered, many of them, most of them, had no hardship in life. They laughed. His disciples, many of them, most of them, they haven't been following Jesus long enough to be spoken ill of. They're well-liked. They're leaders in the community. Many of them. Jesus is speaking to the woes in this moment, realizing that they have to understand who they are at the beginning of this transformation, that they have to understand who they are in order to be transformed. They have to understand who they are in order to understand why Jesus is blessing others. That's good news for us. Because Jesus collects his disciples and loves his disciples. And we know this. He keeps them close. And he shares with them again and again what this goodness of God is. And we know this. And if it's the disciples who are in the woe column and us who are in the woe column then it's us too who can be changed by the presence of God and it's us too who can be transformed in the following of Christ and it's us too who are not condemned to the woe forever. Now like we said earlier, there's a reason for this. It's not bad to be rich, it's bad to be rich when others are poor. It's not bad to be full. It's bad to be full when others are hungry. It's not bad to laugh. It's bad to laugh when others are in mourning. It's not bad to be well-liked. It's bad to be well-liked for the wrong reasons. Once again, Jesus is leading both columns, both peoples, the ones that are separated quite often towards each other for the good of one another. The woes are not condemned forever to their woe. The blesseds are not condemned forever to their life struggles. The two meet, and in the two meeting, we find the grace and glory and power of God. When the two meet, we find the level of place where Jesus is. Now this is tough and this is hard. But as we see in this scripture, this is for our good. So God be with you. God be with you if you find yourself in the woe. God be with you if you find yourself in the blessed. And in whatever struggle you're having in this text, God be with you and knowing that you are blessed and loved in it all.
God will not abandon you. God will not forsake you. God simply wants good for you and for all. Trust this. God be with you. Amen.